Hello and welcome to episode 45 of the We're All Screwed Up and That's Okay podcast with me, Dawn Walton. Today I want to talk to you about identity. How do you know who you are? If somebody asked you to describe yourself, I guess you'd probably pick out some of the traits you don't like about yourself, some of the things that you've done that you don't like so much first. Most people usually do. But if you were to ask to describe your best friend, you'd probably pick out some of the things that you just find great about them and wouldn't be focusing on the things that, that don't do particularly well. It'd probably be a lot easier, actually, to answer that question than to answer a question when asked about yourself. As I've been going through this journey that I've been on, which you're probably fed up and be banging on about, but you know, it's only six months since my mother died, and and so much has changed, and I've realised so much, and I've understood so much, and it's changing everything about the way I see myself. I've learnt from my cousin that the first four years of my life were loving and caring. I don't remember any of that. We did a little exercise the other day where um, she did what we call a word shower. So she just spat out a load of words as they came to her mind about that time. And it was lovely. It was actually a really lovely thing for me to read, full of light and happiness and fun memories and silly things. And she asked me to do the same. And, and, and I did the same, but my memories start from when I was, what, five, six years old, which is fairly normal, to be honest, because, you know, you, you're non-verbal at, at a certain point, and um, a lot of those early memories are not anywhere near your conscious awareness. And certainly that was true for me. So whilst I could recognise the words that she wrote and, and see them as wonderful, they didn't evoke any memories or connections or emotions in me. And I, I managed to put my own word shower together without going too doom and gloom on it. Um, but it, it kind of has taught me, one of the things that I've really learned is that I was a person, that a child, a young child, that people looked at and loved and cared about. Now, up until I spoke with my cousin, that is not the belief I had about myself. My belief started with the way my stepmother treated me. And the way my stepmother treated me was, was horrible. It, you know, it, it involved physical beatings, but it involved mental, um, you know, just totally having a go at me, breaking me down. You're a hateful little shit. Nobody could ever love you. Those are the words. And, and actually, up until recently, I didn't have the words. I just had a memory of it, it was pretty rubbish time. But now I kind of remember. I actually really remember graphically remember the rage the language the words and when my sister said she used the same words with her and actually recently she was talking to her, her mother who is um really not well at the moment her mother was hateful towards her absolutely hateful now my sister is her birth daughter she was my stepmother not my, my real mother and i thought it was just that she hated me and my brother but actually this is my sister, so three kids were treated that way. So it wasn't about me. But here's the problem. So the problem is that everything, my start, from where my memories start, that is how I see myself. That was an absolute truth to me. For my brother, I think it was less of a truth because he was a couple of years older. And so I, I don't think he absorbed it as much. But me, that's how I learned about myself. I learned from the way she treated me. And I, and I lived with her until I was nine years old. 
And then things just got worse because they weren't so physical um, in that sense. But the, the type of issues I had from when I was 10 years old upwards were about um, not being able to speak out, having my feelings treated like they weren't relevant, um, that I wasn't relevant, I was a nothing. So I went from this, you know, you're a hateful little shit that nobody could love, to you don't matter, you're a nothing, and, and everybody else is higher in the pecking order to you. So so that's how I've lived my life. Even though I've, uh, when I went to university, I kind of reinvented myself and created who I was. I've lived my life with this identity, and this identity is that everything's wrong about me, that you couldn't possibly care for me, love me, and and that's fine that's just i don't i can't speak out for myself i have no right i have no right to my feelings i have no right to be upset by things i have no right to be angry by things because i am a nothing that that is just an accepted narrative that i've had so when my cousin comes in and says well actually before you were four you were loved you were cared for you were nurtured you were funny and lovely and confident and all of these things. You kind of have to go, oh, there was a time before. So who am I really? Now, all my friends and all my people and all my social media following and everybody like that finds it ridiculous <laughs> when I say these things about myself. But actually, I, I hear what everybody else says, but I don't recognize that person. I don't know who that person is. And it's been consistent over the years. I've worked with people all over the world from my previous job people my school friends my university friends my my current circle my fellow therapists all the people give me a fairly consistent message which is very positive and very lovely about how they see me and, and the place i have in their lives and, and the difference i make but to me that just doesn't that's not me that's just the way they see me and it's not the truth because the truth is what I was indoctrinated with from the age of four upwards. And so I'm trying to work out who I am because actually what you should be able to do is clear back down, clear back down and end up at something that you can build back up from. But because I don't remember those first four years, if you clear back down, my stopping point is the very worst of the way I was treated. So what do I build up from? And so... I've been thinking about this because, you know, the reason that I do this, the reason that I'm on this journey, the reason that I run into the burning building again and again and deal with the most horrific, difficult stuff is because I know that I will learn something from this. This has to be for something. Everything I've been through has to be for something. If I don't do this, if I don't work my way through it, and if I don't find a way to use it to help other people, then it was just rubbish. <laughs> it was just, and I'm a nothing. I'm, 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 you know, what my stepmother said is true. What I was taught is true. Whereas if I can go, well, yeah, but if I think about that in my context, if I think about that in the context of my clients, if I can make sense of that, and if I can find a way through to shift it, even in the most difficult situation, because the challenge I have is that what I have is so complex so I call it intertwingled, but I know that's not a real word, but so linked 
that extracting anything from it in the way that you might normally do in therapy. It's not about you, it's about them. You know, how could a, a child be bad? All this sort of stuff. It doesn't work because I've always got a yeah, but that links to something else and links to something else. And you can't treat each individual thing, but you need to treat each individual thing. So, you know, it it means that if I can find a way through, if I can change this, then I can help you to do the same thing. Because no matter what your situation, I will have covered elements of it. And it just... That's what keeps me going. That's a little voice in my head that when I'm in the, the deepest hole that I could fall in, which, by the way, over the last week, I've fallen into yet another hole. And it's probably been one of the worst places I've been in since I first started therapy with Trevor Sylvester. It, it, you know, it's, it's just 2011. On Monday, I was just, you know, getting out of bed even was a challenge for me. I'd just fallen into this massive hole a feeling flawed, a feeling broken, a feeling like nobody, everybody given up on me. Um, and it was it was a simple comment that my cousin had made that was absolutely made with uh, what else can we try? But I interpreted it as a, I'm not going to help you anymore. You're on your own. You're broken. You can't be fixed. Just a, a, a trigger point. That's all it was. But it sent me into a hole. But actually, the thing that kept me going the thing that got me out of it quickly was this kind of, I know this isn't true. This voice in my head that's always been, I know this isn't true. I know there's another way, even though I'm experiencing this and I'm feeling hopeless and I'm feeling like I'd be better off not here. There's still the voice in my head going, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> what are we going to learn from this? And so for me, it's really important to learn from it. And then look at my client situations and how I can use that to help. By the way, if the podcast gets interrupted at any point, my cat is currently um, exploring the area where my phone is sitting. So, um, yeah, anything could happen. Um, podcasts, that was a um, Freudian slip, wasn't it? So, um, so anyway, so, so yeah, so we've, we've got all these layers. We've got all this, how do I know who I am? How do I define myself? And we define ourselves by the way people treat us and the way people respond to what we do. And if what we do has been big or the response has been big, then it kind of gets hard-coded into our brain as that's a, a truth about who we are. But we fail to recognise that, you know, at that age, at a younger age, everything's done with innocence. Everything's done in the best way we can. We, we put our adult judgments on our younger selves. And then we believe this crazy adult. You know, I believe what my stepmother said was true, even though she said it while beating down on me in a rage with true vitriolic nastiness. I take that as truth over a fellow therapist that tells me, you know, I've helped them so much and they, they, they love having me in their life and they just think I'm amazing. I would believe my stepmother and just think my, my friend is just being an idiot. <laughs> you know? And this is how we are. And I bet you've got situations like that where you won't believe these people saying nice things about you, your husband, your partner, your wife, your whatever. Your parents, a much-loved relative, a really good friend, you won't believe them. Because you'll believe the screwed-up adult that did something to you. I'm the same, I'm there, right? So, so, so that got me thinking about 
how we have these. Now, one of the... Just ignore me when I'm talking waffle, by the way. It's kind of hard to ignore somebody on a podcast, though, right? It's not, not that easy. But anyway, my brain isn't fully functioning right now, so I apologise for any, any waffling I go on. Um, I am getting there, but I'm not there yet. So it got me thinking. So one of the things I talk to lots of my clients about is this concept that we all have core personality traits. We are born with who we are. If you want evidence of that, look for a family with multiple siblings. They can be brought up in the same way and they'll all be different. We are born who we are. Now, what do we mean by personality traits? So personality traits can include things like um, a good sense of humor, caring, good at thinking your way around stuff. It's not about intelligence. It can be about emotional intelligence, street smart. It can be, um, you know, kind of switched on. It can be good at problem solving. It can be a really caring, good at empathy. It can be creative. It can be technical. It can be all these personality traits that we are born with. And one of the ones that I know you have is determination. Determination. You've got by the bucket load because you're listening here, right? And you've been through lots, but you've kept going. You've kept fighting for yourself. And to keep fighting for yourself when you feel absolutely worthless is immense. That's a trait. That's something you were born with. So we are born with personality traits. Think of it like a really a sphere, a, a ball, a rock hard, solid, shiny, whatever color you want, sphere right in the core of you. You are born with that. Parenting, upbringing does not change that core. It's always there. Now, what parenting can do is it can allow it to flourish by drawing on it, or it can make you suppress it by being in an environment where those traits are not allowed out, are not welcomed. To be a caring person when you're being demeaned constantly is kind of hard, right? But I bet you that you won't do that to somebody else. That caring quality is still there. To think that you mess up everything when actually you keep trying means that you keep thinking you can think your way around stuff so you might focus on not achieving but actually it's the trying that really matters it's a lot harder and it takes a lot more oomph to try when you think you're a failure so those those are your core personal qualities and those will remain with you for the whole of your life and have always been with you for the whole of your life and will get you through there so i have those core traits they're often qualities that people pick out. They often say, you know, I'm funny, I'm intelligent, I'm caring, I'm non-judgmental, those kinds of things. Um, I know I'm creative um, and I have a reasonably good sense of fun. And those, those, are, my, those are my qualities and, and other people see them even if I don't believe them. And then what happens is you have around that hardened core you have what I think of as a clay model, a clay model that is shaped and molded by the people who you experience in your childhood. So that that takes a shape into a little person. right? And that person is shaped by the people that bring you up. That can be parents, grandparents, aunties, uncles, friends. It can be teachers. Although they can... If everything, if the shape's pretty solid, the teachers can make a difference. But if the core shape by 
the people who are bringing you up is kind of messed up. The teachers don't even get looking on them. <laughs> it's like any dents that they make just don't even register because it's already a wibbly wobbly shape, right? I get really technical, don't I? <laughs> so, so you've got this clay model. So my clay model, my clay model was formed by my stepmother from those early years. And she built the core shape, that core me. And that is how I see myself. So that clay model is how I see myself. And your clay model is probably how you see yourself. Then what happens is once you fly the nest, once you're an adult and responsible for yourself, what we all tend to do is we tend to build a fake version of us, a, a, a structure that's built around that clay model so that nobody can see it. Now, the more um, traumatic, the more adverse your childhood, the less of a connect there will be between or connection there will be between that fake version of you and the clay model. The more whole and complete your childhood was, the more that fake model will reflect that inside version of you. So for me, there's absolutely no similarity in my mind between the fake version of me and the clay version of me. They do not match in any way, shape or form. In fact, the fake version is designed as a barrier to hide that version, lock it away internally and hide it from anybody seeing it outside because they would just be horrified by what they saw. But in my head, that clay version is the real me and the fake one is the one that everybody says nice things about. But, but here's the interesting thing. You do not have the imagination and the creativity to build that fake version of you from nothing. You can't just totally make it up. To live your life day in, day out, to have your relationships with that fake version of you that has no foundation whatsoever in reality, it's just not possible. You're just not that good. You can't do that. So you build that fake version of you from the core, from that core personal traits from that sphere inside of you or whatever shape you ended up with that rock solid always true is the foundation for the fake version of you so when people are commenting and saying nice things actually they're right <laughs> because whatever you think that fake version of you is just as much you if not more so than the clay version because it's not being shaped by anybody else it's being shaped by you by the true you, by those qualities. And that's what I've realised. <laughs> and that is quite a thing to get my head round, I've got to say. Because that actually allows me to hear what other people say and go, well, maybe there's some truth in it. Because actually, maybe they're more right. Because they don't see what I see in my head. They don't know that clay version. They don't know what all those adults did to me and how they made me feel, and all the kind of sense of being nothing and being bad and being wrong. They don't see any of that. They just see this version of me. And this version of me is built on the true me, the core me. So there's an interesting idea for you. So I want you to think about, you know, those three different levels of you. I want you to think about the core, the sphere. And I want you to think about the clay you, who shaped it most? And it could, it doesn't have to be a bad shape, by the way. It just happens to be that my life was so screwed up that there's nobody putting anything nice in my clay shape. But, you know, think about that. And then this part of you that you think is always not the real you, think about how much more the real you it is than you realize. Think about what your friends, family, people who care about you would actually say about you and how many of those things actually would match 
those core personal traits that you have. Now, it could be a stretch and it could be it could take some time. Right? This is not an easy thing to do. And it, for me, certainly, it's a hell of a leap. It's a hell of a leap because my default resting resting mode is I'm the clay version of me. That is it. Everything, every filter, every way I look at myself is that. But this is often about the art of the possible. I want you to just entertain the possibility that what I say might be true. And what would happen if it was? What would change? What would you forgive yourself for? What would you let go of? What would make it clearer to see an adult and their issues? And just accept that that's the way it happened. Right? It just happened. I was phenomenally unlucky. Like, <laughs> oh, the scale. That not only did I have my stepmother treating me so badly, but it happened at an age where I can't remember all the good stuff. I was too young. So it, it, it became, it happened at my formative age when my sense of identity was created. And not only that, my father, who could have made a difference, he could have sent me to live with my mother, he could have had me stay with our grandparents, he could have done anything, didn't. He, he just allowed her to keep going and protected her secrets and enabled it. So, you know, the, I had a father and mother and that was, that was a wonderful four years that I don't remember any of in any way, shape or form. I, I can believe what I've been told, but I can't remember it. It doesn't connect. I have then five years of, of just hell. And then I went to live with my mother and my stepfather. And then the hell changed because it was about, it was more internal stuff. There wasn't the physical violence, but there was all the other stuff. And I was taught that I am not, I'm nothing. I, I shouldn't speak out really strong feelings you know when i told my mother about what had been happening to my stepfather i sobbed and i begged her to take me away from that and i know this because a i remember it but but b there was an email thread between her and i like some 10 years ago where we were talking about it and she said that and she said let's just not talk about it again so i learn i learn <laughs> you don't right so so for me it, it's it's complex because it's not just one thing it's lots of little things but it's still true that that was me being molded by the people around me i could equally have been molded by my friendships at school as it happens i don't remember those relationships because they were drowned out by everything that was going on at home but you could have had a terrible situation at school you could have found yourself bullied all through school you could have come out of school and spent the rest of your life being that clay figure that was molded by those people who've lived their life. They've gone on. They don't even remember you, probably. Because it wasn't about you. It was about them and their issues. But you didn't know that because that, that's how you defined yourself as a person who can't fit in. Or maybe you were rubbish at school. Maybe you had pressure from your parents to be good. Or maybe you didn't have any pressure. They just absolutely believed in you and you always felt you let them down. <laughs> These things can all happen really easily and they form that kind of sense of self. But that sense of self is, is just it's just a temporary, malleable model that's stuck in the middle of your true self and the way you present yourself. I'm waffling now. <laughs> but give it some thought, right? Now, you might not be able to do this on your own. You might need help. You know where I am. You just reach out to me. But, you know, just even being aware. Because I think so many of us just feel like this fake person. And we feel that we've had to put on a face. There's a, there's a condition called 
dissociative identity disorder, which is a condition that is often as a result of an abusive childhood where you just you just fake it, right? You just you just stop being yourself and you fake it. But people are really good at that. I was like that. I lived my life. It could be really successful. <laughs> and you never realise you're successful because you just think that's a fake identity. It's not. It's you. It's built on you. It's built on that core you. It's just bypassed the clay model. It's more you than the clay model ever was. Give it some thought. Hopefully this has been interesting for you and I will speak to you all again soon.